I'm Candace Long with Lessons in the Latter Days, offering biblical commentary to make sense of the times that we're living in. Today's topic is the Oscar slap heard in heaven. Now, on the surface, talking about the Oscar ceremony may seem rather unnecessary. But to be honest, I have learned over the years to pay attention to my inner promptings. And as strange as this may sound, since Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, the Lord has not been quiet about it. Now, being part of the entertainment industry for so many years, I happened to be watching when Chris Rock told his now infamous joke about Jada Pickett Smith's bald head and how emotions escalated to such a degree that Will Smith could not control himself, got up and slapped the comedian. I don't need to replay the scene. I'm sure you've seen it many times. But what you may not know is that just five days later, the Torah passage assigned to that very week just happened to address every single issue that was outed that night in front of a global audience. Now, was this some sort of weird coincidence? I don't think so. You know, one of my mandates is to connect fellow believers with our Jewish roots, and this is a perfect opportunity to do just that. So today I'm going to focus on four observations. Number one, what was the Torah portion the week of the Oscars? Number two, how does that portion of Scripture relate to Jada Pickett and Will Smith? Number three, why would God even take notice of this incident? And number four, what lessons does he want us to come away with? Observation number one, what was the Torah portion that week? Now, first of all, I want to say that God's timetable is always significant. I take notice of timetables because we are living in such an incredibly biblically relevant time. Now, I didn't immediately connect the dots between the Oscars on March 27th and the Torah portion five days later. Not until I read it, and then I was blown away by how specifically God's Word related to what happened. Now, just to review what Torah-observant people do on the Sabbath, we study what's called the parashah. The parashah are specific passages in the Torah that deal with a single topic. They never change, and they are linked to specific dates on the Hebrew calendar so that when you follow the weekly Torah readings, you end up reading the entire Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, every year. It's been this way for almost 4,000 years. Now, the 94th Academy Awards ceremony aired on Sunday night, March 27th. The parashah assigned to the next Sabbath was read all over the world, five days later, on Friday night, April 1st. Only this particular Sabbath was no ordinary Sabbath. It was also a new moon, recognized in Scripture as being in and of itself a holy occasion that God's people are to observe. Plus, April 1st happened to be the first of Nisan, which is considered to be the new year for the Jewish people. In Exodus 12, 2, here's what we read. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month, 
which was Nisan, shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Now, before God's instruction to change things, Tishri had been regarded as the first month on the Hebrew calendar. So what God did was fast forward seven months and establish a whole new time clock. Nisan became the first month of the year, and the people's freedom was only days away. The second thing to notice is there were three separate signals that pointed to this day. First, this Torah portion fell on the beginning of the new year, Nisan 1, in which the Passover is celebrated. Secondly, it fell on the Sabbath, which is holy to God. And third, it fell on Rosh Chodesh, or the new moon, also considered a holy appointment. So God is showing us three flashing neon signs, all pointing to the same day for this Torah reading. The Torah portion itself is called Tazria and covers Leviticus 12 and 13. Now, Leviticus is probably the most difficult book of the Torah because it is so misunderstood. It is the third book of the Pentateuch, right in the middle. First comes Genesis and Exodus. After it comes Numbers and Deuteronomy. So God put it in the middle because this is the very protected place that God put the priests and Levites whenever he led the people through the wilderness. Just to give you a little backstory, whenever God led the people to pack up and journey onward, he directed six of the tribes to lead out. Next came the priests and Levites who carried and guarded the Ark of the Covenant. And then came the other six tribes who served as rear guards. So God's word and all of his ways were placed right in the middle, protected by the entire nation of Israel. Metaphorically speaking, this is where we are now. We live in the midst of an evil culture that's getting worse by the minute. Leviticus contains important instructions for his priests and Levites who were regarded as God's royal guard. They were to live closest to his presence and to protect his children from defilement. This is always God's concern, our well-being and getting us to the kingdom safely. So please keep this in mind as I continue. In most Bibles, this particular Torah portion deals with things that are clean and unclean and goes into various instructions and precepts of dealing with leprosy and outbreaks of the skin, which manifest on the beard and on the head. Most believers gloss over this whole book, much less these two chapters, concluding that we don't have leprosy today, so this isn't applicable. But let me show you how relevant this section is. Observation number two. What does Leviticus 12 and 13 say about Jada and Will Smith? This is where it really gets interesting. When studying this passage, I was using a new set of books on the Torah that I had just purchased, so I was new to this particular way of studying that week. I was using what's called an interlinear chumash. This is a Torah printed in book-bound form as opposed to a scroll. Each of the five books of the Torah has its own volume, 
and each volume features the Hebrew and English translations, followed by notes from the rabbinical commentators who explain how the Torah passage was understood and applied over the thousands of years since Moses. Let me share a few insights. The Torah portion itself is called Tazria. The word comes from the Hebrew word tsarad, which is normally translated leprosy. A large portion of these two chapters deal with what to do if an outbreak appears on the skin of one of God's people. The concern was that it not infect others in the community, because to God and to the people, that would be very dangerous. If a person had an unusual outbreak on the skin, they were to go to a priest. So Leviticus gives very specific instructions for the priests, or ministers, on how to examine the outbreak, judge how it would contaminate others, and give instruction for quarantining the person if this sarad were proven to be dangerous. Now here is where it gets interesting. The sages teach that, quote, let me read this for you. Tsarad is not a bodily disease, but the physical manifestation of a spiritual malaise, a punishment designed to show that the person who did something wrong must mend his ways. The primary cause of Tsarad is slander, unquote. Now, the notes get really technical into the Hebrew, and my Hebrew is not that great. But the sages say that the word sarad is a contraction of two Hebrew words that means one who spreads slander. The pattern that emerges is that the bodily affliction of a dangerous breakout in the skin is a divine retribution for the offender's failure to feel the needs and share the hurt of others. God rebukes this antisocial behavior by isolating him from society so that he can experience the pain that he has imposed on others and heal himself through repentance. Now, I want you to see God's nature here. He's not some mean tyrant who says, you blew it, now I'm going to zap you with a skin disease that makes your hair fall out. No, that is not God's nature or the intent of this passage. It is to get that person's attention because his or her behavior is threatening the health of the soul, and God doesn't want that to happen. Now, the person who is infected is called contaminated or unclean, and to expose him or her to the rest of society would endanger them all. Chris Rock's joke about Jada Pickett's baldness was hurtful. It was a verbal knife that went into her spirit and into Will Smith's. In like manner, Smith's slap was also hateful. So we have a duel happening on stage with verbal swords aimed at doing harm. Leviticus 13 goes into detail about this zarad on the head, which results in baldness. What the Torah says to those who suffer from this condition, the metzora, or unclean one, is told to go to the priest. The sages write that, quote, when the merciful God punishes a person, he prefers to do so in a way that will not cause him public humiliation. Let the sinner know and repent, but let him not be humiliated unnecessarily, unquote.
God's desire is for the priest or minister to instruct the person in how to repent for the behavior that brought about the punishment. So this one Torah portion deals with the societal contamination caused by a slanderous tongue and points to resulting baldness as a consequence of a spiritual condition that the sufferer needs to pay attention to for their own spiritual health. Observation 3. Why would God take notice of this Oscar event? Now, God's people have always been called to be different. Israel was chosen to be God's, to reflect Him in the world. From within the Jewish people, God designated priests and Levites to become even more separate, for they are called to live closest to His presence. I wrote an entire book about this. It's called The Levitical Calling. My book explains the separation that's going on within the church, where some believers feel called to live in deeper consecration because of the nearness of the Lord's coming. And usually, those people have gone through a lot of hard things. And as my book explains, God uses these tough experiences to refine and purify the ones whom God is calling to a deeper walk. I know about this because I have a Levitical calling. There is a popular Orthodox rabbi in Israel named Alan Anava. He's someone I have great respect for. He believes strongly that God has had it up to here with our behavior and how he is preparing us for Messiah's coming. I enjoy his teachings because he stretches me in Hebrew and in the Torah and what God is saying about what is happening today. I'll include a link to his website in the description notes to this episode, and you'll find it on my podcast page at CandiceLong.com. Rabbi Anava has an entire teaching on what he considers to be one of God's most hated sins that is running rampant in our culture. The sin is referred to in Hebrew as Lashon Hara. Lashon means tongue, and Hara means evil or hateful intent. In one of his talks, he said, Where does leprosy come from? Lashon Hara. He was teaching from this very Torah passage, saying that when you speak derogatory about a person, something happens in your soul. To God, Lashon Hara is equal to bloodshed and murder. It is that serious. The rabbi went on to explain that when we are guilty of this, the sages say that we damage four things, our heart, our lungs, the esophagus, and the windpipe. So he presents a strong connection between doing Lashon Hara and getting coronavirus, because the virus aims right at the lungs. He teaches that seven actions will bring a plague to the world, and he lists Lashon Hara as number one. This sin includes gossip, which divides and triangulates people. Slander, which insults someone and lessens their estimation in the eyes of others. Lying, swearing falsely about someone, even if you think it's true. If we are honest with ourselves and before God, Lashon Hara defines our 
culture. Sarcasm, scorn, bad-mouthing, negative political accusations, writing sarcastic and hateful tweets or comments in somebody's post. You know this is true. Think about it. Could our atmosphere of murdering people with our tongues be responsible for the plague? This is a biblical possibility. And what was God's admonition to the priest? To quarantine for 14 days. From a biblical perspective, God quarantined the entire world. Because he hates us? No, because he's warning us that our behavior is despicable. We're being punished, disciplined, and we need to do teshuvah, repent, which is a whole lot more than just saying, I'm sorry. Leviticus 26 is very specific about what will happen if we continue doing Lashon Hora without repentance. The Lord says, If in spite of this, referring to your discipline, you don't listen to me, then I will punish you again seven times worse. In one of his talks, the rabbi shared a near-death experience that he had in 2019. He said, what I saw was terrifying. I thought I was dying, and I heard a voice that said, we don't want you to see what's going to happen in a few months, so we are here to take you. The rabbi began begging God and pleading to stay because of his wife and children and the thousands of disciples that depend on his teachings. God heard his plea and brought him back from death. The rabbi went on to explain, quote, Hashem is not buying the show. He's looking for the heart. You can't fool him. When we do Lashon Horah, there is a deficiency of the heart, and we have no protection from the Holy One. Blessed is he. To do genuine repentance, Teshuvah, is not to think evil about that person, unquote. So the final observation, what lessons are we to take away from all this? The Oscar event brought the worst of our culture front and center to the world. We are living in a time of severe judgment, and God is looking for who will stand with him. One of the prayers that Jews say when they wake up in the morning is for divine assistance in our service for him. In this prayer, we pray, Lord, we ask that you will not bring us into the power of error, nor into the power of transgression and sin, nor into the power of challenge, nor into the power of scorn. Now, you'll notice the repetition of the phrase, the power of. In Hebrew, the expression is lolide, which means into the hand of. So the prayer is asking God not to bring us into the hand of error, transgression, sin, challenge, and scorn. And most of these words find their root in Lashon Hara. This is talking about the Lord turning us over to a power or principality that rules a particular environment, such as the Oscars. A power can only be in charge when the majority of people are willing participants of that error. 
That night, the spirit of error was Lashon Hora. Adding fuel to the fire that night was that all of the people in attendance are what I describe as creatives. This is a category of people that I write about a lot because I am one. A creative is someone who is genetically wired to detect spirit. That's why creatives are so gifted. We have an ability to sense whatever spirit is in the room. Now, for those in the entertainment industry, this is a gift because we can easily tap into a character that we are portraying or writing about. It's the ability to crawl inside a character and make that character come alive. Now, why would God give a gift like this? Because when a sensitive creative is yielded to the Lord, we become a powerful weapon because we have the authority in Jesus' name not only to recognize the spirit that we're dealing with, but to cast it out. But if we are not walking closely with the Lord, we can fail to protect our boundaries and we open ourselves up to channel that very spirit. I believe this is why Will Smith said, I could not control myself. The principality in that room was Lashon Hora, and it was powerful. The biblical concept of defilement is my biggest takeaway from Oscar Knight. Two people were defiled, Chris Rock and Will Smith. Both of them were brought into the power of the error of Lashon Hara, and their manifestations of scorn, put-downs, catty and snide remarks, sarcasm, gossip, and verbal assault went on to defile their reputations as well as the audience and the event itself. Now, they were either ignorant of or they underestimated the power of the principality that was ruling in that atmosphere. Now, this is a huge wake-up call where God is teaching us how to handle outbreaks of spiritual leprosy. Now, as a minister, I pay attention to the instructions of Leviticus. Our lesson is to pray, Lord, do not bring me into the power of of error. This needs to be a daily prayer for believers because the spirits of error are so strong now. I have learned that I simply cannot be in an atmosphere like that because I have chosen to walk in the ways of the Lord and I need to stay away from defiling atmospheres. That's what the Levitical calling is all about. I have had to distance myself from many people over the years especially if they engage in a lot of sarcasm and gossip. This is an especially dangerous situation as we are entering a new political season. Be careful what you say, even about people whose beliefs you disagree with. God is listening. God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. I believe he brought the Oscars to our attention so that we would choose to make the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts to be pleasing in his sight. His reward should be front and center right now because the day of the Lord is coming soon. As always, you'll find this episode and all of my podcasts 
on my podcast page at CandiceLong.com. I invite you to take a look at my books, webinars, online store, and courses, all created to prepare you to get to the kingdom safely. Thank you for being with me. I hope you join me again next time for lessons in the latter days. God bless.